Hey, everyone. Welcome to a special crossover. Locked on Lakers, Locked on Clippers. Brian Kamenetsky, Darian Vaziri here talking Christmas Day basketball and offseason moves for the L.A. teams. That's all coming up next. You are Locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers or Locked on Clippers your first listen of every day. And I presume if one is the one, then Dari, and the other one is the other one. Like, you know, that's how it works. And then when it's all over, you go and you download the latest Dime Dropper pod with Dari and Vaziri. And now you are potted out for the next, uh, you know, however many hours of your day. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Dari and Vaziri, really excited to, uh, to connect back up with you. Um, it's been a little too long. How you been? I'm really good. I'm really good. How about yourself? I'm good. My children are, my, my wife is trying to get my daughter into the bath. It is bedlam upstairs, but um, it, it is, I think it's a, uh, we got, we got a lot I want to, I want to talk to you about because it's been a weird off season um, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but it's been kind of an unusual off season. Lakers have gotten a ton of attention for, you know, Rob Palenka's people are talking GM of the year and, all kinds of praise and, and this and that. And even Lakers fans are excited about him again. Very little noise at all from the Clippers, who I want to talk to you. Like, are they kind of just being completely forgotten in the Western Conference this year, given the uh, the track record of the last couple? Um, but first, how seriously do you personally take Christmas Day scheduling in the NBA, Darian? When you say seriously, do you mean like, the importance of the game or who the NBA thinks is going to be great type of thing. Well, all of it, because, you know, at first, I mean, as a fan, there's sort of the fans perspective of, you know, what are we watching? Are we getting some good games and all that kind of stuff? So there's that, but then it becomes a referendum a little bit, like you say, on who people think are going to be good. And then as a fan, if you're not one of those teams, there is the potential to be insulted. And so I ask this because, um, Late in the afternoon on Thursday, Sham Sharania at the Athletic and Stadium put out uh, his sources for the Christmas Day schedule. It is Bucks versus Heat, Sixers. I'm sorry, Bucks versus Knicks, Sixers at Heat, Lakers at Celtics. I'm sorry, Celtics at Lakers. I'm having trouble reading today. Mavs at Suns, Warriors at Nuggets. Those are all really, really good games, but it doesn't include the Clippers. Um, are you at all surprised? You know, I shouldn't be. We didn't. I was more surprised that we didn't get the Christmas game last year because mm -hmm. we knew that Kawhi Leonard was going to come back. And we, you can make a great case for the Clippers to be one of those teams that get it this year. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi, Paul George, like, you know, people are going to talk about us. No matter, no matter what they want to say preseason about our expectations, you know, to potentially be in the title hunt or whatever. Obviously, they were a lot louder last season because, you know, Kawhi was just coming back and we, thought we had the best roster. A lot of people thought we had the best roster. I even remember coming on here and talking to you guys on opening night, and you guys were super high on our roster too. So it obviously blew up in our face a little bit. So many injuries, but some right. guys regressing. This season, I think my honest uh, opinion is that the NBA didn't put us on Christmas because they don't know who's going to be playing for the Clippers if they play on Christmas. 
And I think there's a lot of teams you can say that about, but even like, let's say AD or LeBron doesn't play for the Lakers. It's still the Lakers. Like you guys were getting 30 plus nationally televised games when Lonzo was the best player or the most exciting (laughs) player. So that's a little different. And then as far as Phoenix and Den uh, and Dallas are concerned, there's definitely some history there. And now, especially with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being on separate sides, I think that it's not a, you know, I have no problem with what the NBA did as far as the insulted thing. I mean, I want to say a little bit, but I want to see the players get insulted yeah. and, and perform on that. You know, it doesn't matter point. what I, I, it doesn't really matter what I think. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I wonder how. Like, look, I think from a if you were if you knew that both of those teams were going to play as a player on the teams, you just wanted to be against each other, like Lakers versus Clippers, so nobody has to travel on Christmas. But aside from that, like, yeah, you know, do you, I wonder how much they look at that and and either have the same kind of reaction like okay look it's a it's a couple years of injuries or i suspect you know when you when you hear guys like that talk you know somebody like paul george would probably take that as a slight i just wonder wonder what that does for them going to this but let's talk about the games themselves like you you mentioned the mavs i mean that's the that's the league trying to pump up luca um sixers heat you know uh bucks Knicks, you know that's that's what you get you know, for the Eastern Conference teams. And then Celtics-Lakers, I don't think I have to explain. Um, the Lakers are getting an opening night game against Denver, too. So, I... You said I, the Nets? The Nets got on Christmas? No, no, no. Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. Bucks, okay, Knicks, I was about Bucks, to say. Knicks. I got to be more articulate. Bucks, Knicks. No, um, and, no it's not. No, it, I, I, I should speak more clearly. Um so I just I thought I thought the schedule they got it right, but it was an interesting day to have you on and and do this together because um, I was just I, I wondered what the percent there's when the Lakers are bad they got to be really bad not to play on Christmas. It happened you know a little bit in the completely dead era, but um, other than like if they even have a, a whiff of competence, they're going to be playing on Christmas, like you say, because they're the Lakers. The difference is this year I feel like they actually have. You know, like where where do you put the Lakers? Let's just we'll just do the Lakers Clippers thing now. Where do you where do you put the Clippers like in this mix of the Western Conference? Because I have no idea what to do with them based on this offseason, re-signing Westbrook, stuff like that. Uh the Clippers, I think, are gonna be the hardest team for people that are making predictions in the West to place because you really just don't know what you're getting as far as health. I guess you could say a similar thing about the Lakers, but I think after seeing them go to the conference finals, I think people may have a little bit more of a belief in them staying healthy than the Clippers. So right now I'd say the Denver Nuggets are for sure to me, the team to beat. Like there's no doubt about that for me. Murray and Jokic are only going to be getting better hitting their primes. Jokic being in, in his prime. And then I'd say the next team would be either you guys or the Suns. I like the Lakers fit better than the Suns. I think the Suns fit is a little weird, but I still think you got to put them in the mix. Just having three players of that caliber. Um, I think Bradley Beal is an upgrade over Chris Paul. And sometimes I forget that they still have DeAndre Ayton, who for all the, you know, stuff that he has said about him, he is still a good player. Like he's still a guy. And, they're, and now they're fourth best. Yeah, exactly. So I think the Suns, and the Lakers a step above the Golden State Warriors. But let me just say this. If we're healthy, I think we're as good as just about any team besides the Nuggets because the Suns don't scare me at all, for one. I think even if – I know it's an if-schmiff, but if Kawhi Leonard 
hadn't gotten hurt. Even if we didn't get back Paul George, I think we were in route to win that series. Kawhi was playing better than anybody in that series, even Booker or KD. And Westbrook had a great postseason for us in that playoffs. And then you have the Lakers, of course, who, yeah, Clippers and Lakers have never met in the playoffs. But as a Clipper fan, why should I say, having won the last 12 games, that I'm afraid of the Lakers? I shouldn't say that, even though you would had a better season than us. I shouldn't, right? No. I, I mean, I don't I, – I... <laughs> I, I the Lakers Clippers thing is is a hard one too because the Lakers have struggled so much against them. I feel like they are better suited now with more wing depth and real players who can guard. You know, between Vanderbilt and now they're Torian Prince and Max Christie's kind of ascending. And all they, they it used to be the Clippers would have this you know massive uh, advantage because the Lakers just now the, the the personnel to really play defense against. I. I can't figure there's a there's an Earth Nine scenario. I had a similar conversation with with Nick Angstad, host of uh, Locked On Mavs, yesterday. There's a sort of an Earth Nine aspect to like the the Clippers, where they're all players the Lakers went after. Like the the reality of the Clippers right now could have been the reality of the Lakers. Like it was almost sort of supposed to be that way when the, when when the Lakers were waiting around and putting this roster together. Um, so it's like the head-to-head matchup and the vibe. And, you know, there's something else I want to ask you about, uh, you know, a comment I heard Paul George make just about the way they're treated in the arena. Um, the future of these two teams is kind of fascinating to me. Plus, uh, reports that a Kobe Bryant statue is um, in the works to be released and unveiled next year around this time. I know you are a huge Kobe guy, Darian, so... I uh, want to talk about that with you as well, and we'll get to it all next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good because they're a stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look and make you look like a beast. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they're a way better fit, and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Mm. And Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit that doesn't restrict your movement at all. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so you can do just about anything in Bird Dogs, whether you're going for a walk or you're just walking around your house. Bird Dogs can do the job. Just go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So you... You, we'll get to this Kobe thing in, 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 in the, the statue uh, reports here in a second. I, 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 like I said, I, I agree. I don't know what to make of the Clippers because I, of all, when you put these teams, I've had all these conversations on this. Like, there is no reason to think that the rest of the team isn't scary. It, what do you think about what they've done? Because, you know, we did the Russ thing, uh, it was not a great experiment. I don't love him as a playoff guard anymore. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what's behind. Like, so where do if everything works the way it's supposed to, 
Where do you think the Clippers match up against the Lakers, match up against Denver? Like, what is on that roster that works? Because there were some cracks, um, but they've kind of shuffled the deck a little bit. Well, you mentioned that you guys have more wing depth now to combat Kawhi and Paul George, and that's that's true, honestly. I I, I think that the streak will end this year. I just I don't see us winning four Thank games. God, I am real tired of the streak. Yeah, it's, oh man, it's going to be funny because I just know if you guys beat us, it's gonna, it's been so long that Laker fans are going to act a little too excited to beat the Clippers in a regular season game. You think I? How do you think it's going to be? You think you're going to try to play it cool, or like actually like get irrationally excited? Me or you guys? No, the Clipper, the Lakers fans. Like I, you th- I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like there is that. something to be said for not looking like you're that concerning or that you care that much that you just beat the Clippers. Yeah, exactly from, from but, our side of things, right? And just just because I'm only speaking from the you know viewpoint of you right. guys are the Lakers, 17 rings, and we're the little brother type of thing. But mm-hmm. um, as far as the Clippers go, I think. I, look, the whole Laker Clipper thing, like, I don't think we're a lot. I don't know if we're going to meet in the playoffs. Everyone says that every year. Oh, I want to see this series in the Staples Center, you know, Lakers and Clippers. I'm like, you know, I've been hearing that since 2006. Like, I just don't know if it's going to happen. And I, I don't, for us, it's not a great series. Like, it's not going to be like true home playoff games for the Clippers, like normal. So I'm not a huge, and the ticket prices, like, they don't even get me started on that conversation. So as of now, I'm not worried about the Lakers because I don't think we're going to play them in the playoffs. But if if that you know if that matchup is a potential thing, I'm guessing that we will be tapping in at some point in the future. But the Denver Nuggets, we have a terrible matchup against them. Terrible. But I will say this: one thing that made our matchup with them better was Westbrook because mm. he can really challenge Jokic at the rim. The thing about the Clippers is their biggest weakness is we could not get to the basket enough, and Jokic is not a great rim protector. He's not a bad defender like everyone says. I think everyone found that out watching the playoffs and the finals but he's still not some crazy rim deterrent. You know, Anthony Edwards averaged 31 points in that series. Westbrook gives the Clippers the ability to have someone that can kind of get downhill and also someone that can challenge Jamal Murray a bit, just position for position. We got killed in, the, in terms of guard play against Denver all the time. Now, do I have an answer on how to guard the Jokic-Murray pick and roll? No. I think 30 other coaches and their staffs are trying to figure out – or 29 other coaches and their staffs are trying to figure out the same – answer to that question but Westbrook if you looked at the game the one game we played against Denver after we got him we should have won it was in Denver it went to overtime it was on national television and I don't know why Marcus Morris was back in that game he was playing terribly and that was the peak of the whole Ty Lue Marcus Morris like why is he still playing so much thing Mm -hmm. so I am I going to sit here and say I think we can beat Denver no but I think our matchup has gotten better because of the Westbrook thing um, let's, let's talk a little bit about Kobe. The, the report came out this week that and this is from the daily mail and some of the, when you start to really dig into the details of this, it feels, uh, it feels like it, it may be some holes in the reporting. Um, but the, according to the daily mail, the Lakers will unveil the statue out in front of, of crypto.com on eight, eight So almost exactly a year from now. Um, it would feature not just Kobe, but also Gigi, um, and, and all that, but they also haven't apparently picked a, an artist. Um, they also may not have actually figured out what the renderings would look like. And it is according to the report in very early days. 
I don't know exactly how one goes about making a giant statue, but it feels to me like you, if you got to pick the artist, put it together, you know, pick the artist, decide on a design and actually make the thing a year feels ambitious. <laughs> but the thing that I really, I wanted to ask you about because you are almost, and this hurts half my age. I, I covered Kobe came into the league, you know, it was sort of started doing stuff. He was, you know, early, this was sort of, I started doing stuff around the league in, you know, the early 2000s, you know, sort of mid 2000s, first season covering the team, um, you know, later, you know, it, almost as we get to the, the, to the uh, Pau Kobe era. You're though, you grew up at a different time. You got a different Kobe. You like, so what, when people, you personally, people your age, how do you look at Kobe? How do you see, you know, sort of this post-career legacy what do you think of when you get this, you know, the news of the statues and stuff like that? What was your first year covering Kobe? I'm curious. Oh, geez. I got to look it back up. I think it was 08, but I got to, I got to double check. Pat, so Pat was on the team already? Uh, 08 or 07. Yeah. There was, it might've been the year they acquired him. I, I okay. So that was 08. Yeah. I was doing, I was doing stuff around the team before then mm -hmm. and then covering it for the times. It was somewhere in there. Yeah. So I'm, I just turned 25. So my actual intro to really watching basketball, like really watching it was when I was seven years old, 05, 06 season. Anybody mm. that's well-versed in Laker history knows what that season was. A season in which to this day, I stand on it strong. Kobe's MVP is sitting at Nash's house. And I'm a little kid. And I didn't even like the Lakers. I just became a Clipper fan because, and if you're wondering why am I a Clipper fan that was born and raised in LA, that's why, because that team outside of Kobe wasn't that interesting. It was Smush mm -hmm. Parker, Kwame Brown. We had Sean Livingston coming off the bench. Like, the Clipper team that season was good. Sam Cassell, Katino Mobley, like, these guys were players. That was before uh, – this is after Knuckleheads. But – um, Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. This is Elton Brand. Like, yeah, very yeah, yeah, good yeah. team that the Lakers almost played in the, in the second round. But Kobe in 06, like – it's very hard to describe to somebody who wasn't here every night watching it. Like, unless you really watched every one of his games on league pass. I remember coming to my grandma's house in the fourth quarter in a January night, or it was late December. And Kobe had checked out of the game against Dallas. And he had more points than their whole team. 62 in three quarters against the team that went to the championship. Way more impressive to me than 81. Still to this day <laughs> is more impressive to me than 81. And then a couple weeks later, I, I watched the 81 point game live and I'll never forget where I was. I was seven years old and I watched it at my aunt's house that was living in LA at the time. That was the night I found out who Wilt was as well. Cause naturally when you break records, Wilt's name will come up. So exactly. Kobe, just seeing that season averaging 35 points a game. I mean, it was just something else. And then to live in LA and go to school during the time that Kobe's in his prime winning championships. I mean, you could not, say a bad word about this guy like he had this godlike worship over every single laker fan which mm -hmm. is literally 90 percent of kids growing up i was obviously in a huge minority you could not say a bad word about this guy like i kid you not even up to 2013 till he tore his achilles the lebron kobe arguments every single day at lunch they started before school i remember there was a group of kids every single day lebron versus kobe before the bell rang like K kobe is the most absolutely most influential athlete of my life being that I grew up in LA during this time. There's no Clipper player that matches up to it. Um, at the end of the day, 
I am a Clipper fan, but I'm also an LA native and there's nobody mm -hmm. like I was, I was going, I was in college at the time of the news of the tragic news and God, I mean, people didn't understand because I was a Clipper fan, why it broke me so bad, but you grow up and Kobe's name came up every day at school, every single day. So it's still very surreal. And my appreciation has only grown for him as the game has changed. And, you know, people will say, Oh, Kobe, and when Kobe played, he did this and that. And I've realized as I've gotten older, the, the sooner I, the, the faster I stop comparing people to Kobe Bryant is, you know, when you, you'll get less mad at things now. It, let's, let's stick on this because the, the experience of, you know, you talk about like the LeBron Kobe thing, Andy and I, when we were doing radio work, especially was right when, you know, it was when LeBron came, we were doing shows, you know, as the, that news was, was breaking, uh, literally. Um, but we, we, we were working for the LA times and for ESPN as that sort of the, the league tried to make that rivalry happen. Um, and the reaction of Lakers fans and specifically Kobe fans was uh, is is permanently um, kind of branded into my brain to the point that ha you know context obviously changed things, but I, mean, I was very interested in the in, in the overall acceptance that LeBron would ever have in this city because of it. Um, so let, I got, I got more questions about, about Kobe for you because um, just, I don't get a chance to talk to people um, who saw him at your age. And, and I think it's just a profoundly different experience that I want to, I want to get into a little more. I do want to remind people that today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter the promo code locked on NBA for a free white tech hat. I believe it looks like this. Um, uh, with any purchase, you won't want to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, you still should and wash them sometimes, but you won't <laughs> want to, um, all right, more Kobe next. All right, Darren, you mentioned that you watched the Kobe 81 game at your aunt's house and like, you have that memory. I was there in like, Covering it. I was covered. That was a game wow. we covered times. Very lucky. Yes and no. It was really cool to be there, but the experience was really strange. And I'll tell you why. That Lakers team, you mentioned Smush and those guys, whether that was a they they were playing a lousy Toronto team. They needed to win that game, you know, for their playoff hopes and all that kind of stuff. Like this was an important game that they were giving away at home to a bad Raptors group. And so at halftime, for example, I don't remember exactly what he had, some, some sort of normal sounding, you know, like 34 at the half or something. You know, where you just like, oh, Kobe's got 30 points, whatever. It's fine. He does this all the time. Um, you start, you're, you're so concerned about the, what the game is saying, like the, 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 the score of the game and the consequences of the game, that it wasn't until like the third quarter where you start to look up as the Lakers are taking control of the game and you kind of like, oh, Kobe's up to like 50, man. Like, oh, hey, Kobe's he's got 60. He's got 70. Holy bleep, he's got he's gonna get to 80. Like, you know, like, and you start to really and it be, the game got to become about what Kobe was doing. But I'm watching in press row, and like you have to kind of, you know, you you know how this works. You have to kind of be at the very least well behaved. I think the experience of being able to watch that as a kid and watch Kobe as a kid, where the rest of the BS um, and how you write about him, or are you being fair, are you being this, that, whatever, is it, that experience 
is foreign to me. And I think it would be so cool because as a kid, you just love the player who does awesome stuff, is a killer, the guy you want to emulate on the court and all that. That That is something that I never had a chance to do. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I was never a guy that could emulate Kobe because I was a point guard. I was a smaller guard, so like the things he, I couldn't really replicate or even try to do the things. Was there like, anything that you tried to pull out that was like a little bit of Kobe, whether attitude, swagger? Oh, you know, oh stick, your, well, stick your tongue out when when you're doing something. I'd say the the biggest thing was the mindset. I think anytime I I reached any kind of struggle in life, this is a really weird, but anytime I reached a, a struggle in life, I would just remember hearing Kobe say, "If you want something bad enough." You're going to have to work hard enough to nothing can stop you at it. And I just always thought if I wanted to get great at something, I'm just going to work as hard as I can to do it. And that was something that just by being such a basketball junkie, Kobe kind of uh, put in my brain as a kid. Because like the Clippers, for example, we did get Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, but that had been six years, five years of me just watching both L.A. teams. Nobody mm -hmm. was bigger than Kobe at the time. Nobody. And so he was the he was the guy, he's the best player in the league. Like, you know, and playing in my city, that was the main reason why I watched Laker games growing up is because I come from a family of Laker fans, like in terms of my uncles and stuff. My parents immigrated, so they weren't too into basketball. But my uncle used to always say, you have one of the best players ever in your city that you can watch for free every night. You are, don't take it for granted. And I remember him here saying those words and I didn't. So like you, you talk about the 81 and we're talking about 06. What about 07 where he had, what four games in a row of 50 like 50. that was in the 2000s where there was mm -hmm. two big men clogging the paint and he was doing it like and the and the i think the game that broke the streak was like 36 <laughs> 37 46 i think 46 okay. golden state <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. I, I i have terrible recall for this sort of stuff like once all of this stuff ended up on uh, something i could look up on my phone i stopped trying to remember any of it um but yeah i mean like i think like I, I am not one of these people who thinks analytics ruin the game. Um, you know, I actually think basketball, I think analytics have, have made basketball a better sport. I think it is more open. I think it is, I think you get to showcase the talent, the, the, the pure skill of these players um, with, because of the way the game is shifted, whether it's because of analytics, because of guys like Steph, whatever it might be. Um, it's ruined baseball. That's a different conversation. We can have another time. But I do think, you know, you be, because it's the whether it's the 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 rings culture, um, the hot take culture, which was, you know, certainly exploding on sports radio, on ESPN, on Fox, you know, through this era where hot takery became the the only really the only way to do it. The the, the polarization of Kobe um just his game stick away, stay away from the sort of, you know, the, the other stuff, you know, the, the off the court stuff that is obviously important and serious. But when you just look at the polarization that his game would bring, I do feel like there was an element of just not appreciating how great he was sometimes because you either always wanted to be greater. It's a, a, a point that a, a former colleague, Max Kellerman has made, uh, about players that I think is really astute or just because you were put in a place where you just weren't allowed to like the guy. Um, but man alive, when you start to go back and you look at some of those numbers, that streak that you're talking about is one that always sticks out. The Mavs game always sticks out. It, it is insane what the guy did right up to his last game in the league 
with 60, which was, now that was a game where nobody had to behave in press row. That, you know, nobody in the building was behaving that night. It was amazing. Yeah. My last things on Kobe are that, you know, we talk about the crazy scoring games, but I think the, the crowning moments of Kobe's career are the, the three-year run from 08, 09, and 10 with Powell. And the way he sacrificed his scoring was a great leader in terms of making everybody really a better player as well. I know people don't think of Kobe in that sense, but I really think he did, like both mentally and, and on the court. Um, Sasha Vujicic, Jordan Farmar, like these guys, they didn't end up really having careers without <laughs> – without Kobe Bryant like that. Like their careers weren't, oh, that no. you know what I'm saying? And even, even as someone as talented as Lamar Odom, like the after, and he was very good for us before whatever, but after he let the Lakers thing happened, he was not the same. Even a guy like Andrew Bynum, like that's somebody who 20, 30 years from now, we're gonna have to explain to people like what his impact was at the time. So I think Kobe just did an incredible job of elevating all these guys. And he does not get enough credit for those two rings in my opinion, because yeah, you had a very good overall team. But it was just in terms of stars, it was him and Powell. Lamar, he could be a star caliber player some nights, but it was inconsistent in that sense. Powell and him were the stars, and they beat a great Celtics team and yeah. were in a very great West. And Kobe does not fully get the credit to me as a leader for that. Yeah, we, we won't have time to get into it, but like the 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 games that game seven against Boston was one of, one of the most fascinating, I think, sort of profound you know, moments, you know, for Kobe, you know, the vulnerability he showed after the game um, was, was amazing. Um, I will say forever that the most amazing thing I ever saw the guy do were the free throws after the Achilles. It's another game I was at. Um, I, that is just one of the most remarkable and stunning things that I've ever, and he spoke to the media after that game. Um, how much trouble am I going to be uh, getting you in for spending an entire episode of, of your show talking about Lakers greats. Is that something that's going to get you in trouble? Are you going to be getting e emails and angry oh, comments on the YouTube channel? What's this going to look like? Clipper nation is going to go crazy on me. I mean, the thing Clipper fans don't be too mad. I'll have episodes for you guys coming up this weekend. <laughs> if you got disappointed, but like, I don't know. I, I can talk about, it was that. kind of a jerk move on my part to even bring this up. Cause I knew, I, I knew I was, I was, I was reeling you into a trap because I knew you're a Kobe guy. And, I mean, you know, I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm an LA guy. Like, yeah. any late for the most part, like if you paid your dues in this city, even as a Laker, I'm gonna show a lot of respect. Um, and I'm big into basketball history, and you can't really tell that without Laker history. Which again, Clifford is not gonna like that comment, but it's true. So yeah, I always love talking about Kobe and sharing my experiences because Kobe and LeBron, there's no two players that I was you know, got to know better in that way. It is amazing, like the the, the two guys that have sort of bookending my my work in this space are Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. It's really, really hard. If you are a person who gets to cover sports in this city, the Dodgers are good every year. We've got soccer teams winning titles. Like it's a good place to be. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, locked on Lakers, locked on Clippers on YouTube, where you can go to hang out, uh, leave comments, leave questions, uh, leave angry messages for, for Darian, but really leave them for me. Because it's my fault. It's not his. Don't blame him. Blame me. Um, I got one little quick thing. One shout yeah. out. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Mr. Nagdi and Big Shot B, your listeners, who I coached in basketball. And they knew about me because of this podcast. So if they're listening to this, shout out to you guys. All the best. Nice. 
Nice. Um, all right. We will see everybody uh, next week. Have a great weekend. Oh, sorry. That was, I really, now that was just for our show. You can cut that out. Sorry.